The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender, and one owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. So one owes him this huge sum and one a smaller sum. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So the moneylender completely forgave both of them. So Jesus asks, which of them will love him more? And Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. And Jesus said, you have judged correctly. And I think one of the most tender expressions of love Jesus turned toward the woman while he's speaking to Simon. You get that? I mean, normally we do the opposite, right? (laughs) But Jesus, he looks at the woman while he's talking to Simon because she's the focus of his affection. And he says, do you see this woman? I came into your house and you did not give me any water for my feet, which was part of the culture in that day. But the Pharisee didn't do that. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, which again was part of the culture that day. But this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head as a sign of honor. But she has poured perfume, this expensive perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, Her many sins, everybody in the community knew about it, right? Everybody was talking about her. Her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown, this outpouring of her love for Jesus. She she knows who she is and she knows she's forgiven and loved by Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? But Simon, (laughs) you don't think you need to be forgiven. You don't understand my great forgiveness and my love for you. And so that's why you love so little, not even able in a cultural way to show brotherly love. You know, what I love about this picture is she knows who she is. She knows the life she's living. She knows what people are saying about her. And she knows she's forgiven completely, totally loved by Jesus. Do you realize that today? Do you realize the incredible, amazing, wonderful, unconditional love of Jesus for you this morning as you're sitting here? Um, Or are you thinking just as I've talked, (laughs) oh, you don't know me, Dave. (laughs) I don't have to know you because I know Jesus, right? Big question I want you to think about as we're going to look into Hosea, which is another crazy love story. Big question, what would cause God to quit loving you? You're thinking, hmm, if I did this, if I did, what would cause God to quit loving you? And I think what we're going to get from Hosea not I think I know, 
what we're going to get from Jose is God will never quit loving you. Man, we got to believe that. And often I don't believe that. And when I don't believe that and I'm feeling unloved and I'm struggling with feeling love, it's, it's horrible. Because, but this truth is absolutely incredible. So we're going to go to Hosea. And we're going to read Hosea 1 to start with. Hosea was an Old Testament prophet. It says here, The word of the Lord that came to Hosea, the son of Beeri, during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and during the reign of Jeroboam, son of Jehoash, king of Israel. In case you're looking for some names for your next sons. So Jeroboam, uh, where Hosea ministered in Israel, actually reigned for 41 years. So his reign covered the reigns or part of the reigns of all those other kings of Judah. So when the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go, marry a promiscuous woman. Most translations say prostitute. God is telling his prophet, Go marry a prostitute and have children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. So Hosea married Gomer, daughter of Diblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. And so she's going to have three children, and the Lord gives them names. The Lord said to Hosea, call your son Jezreel, because I will soon punish the house of Jehu, one of the kings of Israel, for the massacre at Jezreel. And I will put an end to the kingdom of Israel. These are sober words. In that day I will break Israel's bow in the valley of Jezreel. And then Gomer conceived again and gave birth to a daughter. And the Lord said to Hosea, call her Lo-Ruhamah, which means not love. Literally, it just means no mercy. For I will no longer show love to Israel that I should at all forgive them because of their unfaithfulness. Yet I will show love to Judah and I will save them not by bow, sword, or battle or by horses and horsemen, but I, the Lord, their God, will save them. These are heavy words. After she had weaned Lo-Ruhamah, Gomer had another son and the Lord said, call him Lo-Ami, which means not my people, for you are not my people and and I am not your God. Yet the Israelites will be like the sand on the seashore. Notice we're moving from consequences, punishment for their unfaithfulness to restoration. Yet the Israelites will be like the sand on the seashore, which cannot be measured or counted. In the place where it was said to them, you are not my people, they will be called the children of the living God. And the people of Judah and the people of Israel will come together and they will appoint one leader and will come up out of the land for great will be the day of Jezreel. Just some introductory thoughts before we kind of look at a few, three points that help us to understand that God will never quit loving us. The first introductory thought is, number one, be glad that you're not an Old Testament prophet. Um, <laughs> Go marry a prostitute. 
and, and as we're going to see, I mean, she was unfaithful when Hosea was commanded to marry her, and she continued to be unfaithful. That's who she was. Uh, it's, it, it, consider some others in, in case you want to be an Old Testament prophet. Ezekiel, this is what God told him to do, to lay on his left side for 390 days, symbolizing the 390 years that Israel had sinned. Now, unless you like to be lazy and want to lay around, probably not Ezekiel. Isaiah, for three years, God commanded him to go around barefoot and naked as a sign against Egypt and Cush. Jeremiah, God had him wear a cattle yoke, you know, that uh, for plowing as a sign of the slavery, the yoke of slavery that Nebuchadnezzar would put on the nations that he would conquer. Object lessons, that's what the Old Testament prophets were. And as we look at Hosea, his life and his marriage and his kids were like object lessons to the people of Israel as God wanted to communicate to them not only the consequences of their unfaithfulness, but his unconditional love to them that he would never quit loving them. You know, in the same way, I think God really wants us, our lives to be object lessons though, doesn't he? Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Our lives are to be object lessons, reflections of Jesus to a world that desperately needs to see a God the God that we serve. Um, Pat, still, and myself this last Friday were in Tacoma for an hour and a half uh, grant presentation and, and an hour question and answering. It could be called an interrogation. And um, to uh, applying for a grant in expanding the Coffee Oasis into Tacoma. Um, funding from the city of Tacoma and, the, and, the, and Pierce County. Almost 90% of the interrogation or the questions that we received were around us being a faith-based organization and our ability to love LGBTQ young people and minority young people. Um, it gave us a great opportunity to, to talk about what it meant to be a follower of Jesus and as a follower of Jesus to be individuals that unconditionally love. Uh, and that's what our lives are to be, right? <laughs> Object lessons of God's unconditional love. But what do we see in Hosea? If we can go back to the beginning, three things I'd like us to see. Remember the big, that God will never quit loving. I don't care who you are or what you've experienced. And some of you have experienced horrible stuff, way, way more horrible than I have. Maybe abuse by someone that you should have been able to love and trust. And it's just made it hard for you to feel that you could be loved, that you are loved. It could have been rejection or abandonment. It could have been that you never received growing up words of affirmation, somebody telling you that should have told you repeatedly, I love you. And you didn't hear those words and you struggle with being loved. It could have been that 
you grew up in a performance-based environment where you felt you were loved if you obeyed or you felt you were loved if you performed and you didn't ever just feel you were loved. Or it could be because of things you've done or the life that you live, like the, the gal in Luke chapter 7 that people could have talked about you or could be talking about you. The truth that I want you to get this morning from Hosea and God makes it so clear is that God will never quit loving you. It doesn't matter what you've experienced or how unfaithful you have been to him. God keeps loving. You know, the first thing I want us to see is that we're a lot like Israel, aren't we? I mean, we look at Israel back here, verse 2. And the Lord says, go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her for like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. That, that, is, that is the people that Hosea is speaking to. They're an unfaithful people. If we could go to Hosea chapter 2 verse 13, God describes it a little bit more. He says, I will punish her, meaning Israel, for the days she burned incense to the Baals, meaning to other gods. She decked herself with rings and jewelry. She got all dressed up and went after her lovers. But me, she forgot, declares the Lord. That's Israel. Uh, Chapter 3, verse 1, we get another description as, if you remember, I, I said that when God commanded Hosea to love Gomer, that's his wife's name, uh, she didn't become faithful to him. She continued in her unfaithfulness. Here it says, the Lord said to me, go show your love to your wife again. This is after they've had three kids together. Though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites. Man, can you have any doubt after you look at these verses? <laughs> but that's us, isn't it? I mean, in the same way, though they turned to other gods and loved the sacred raisin cakes, meaning these offerings that they would give to these other gods. It doesn't mean you can't eat raisins, okay? But that's, but are we any different? I mean, we can, we could try to be like Pharisees who put on an outward show and, Everybody thinks we're these amazing people, but but we know our hearts and how our hearts go astray, how we can have an incredible time with the Lord and we go to work and everything falls apart and we're yelling and screaming and we're thinking bad thoughts and we're lusting and we're angry and we're bitter and we're unforgiving and we can be just like these Israelites, unfaithful. We're a lot like Israel. The second thing we see Two, is that when we talk about God's unconditional love, it doesn't mean that there aren't consequences to that love. Uh, unfaithfulness has its consequences. If we can go back to uh, chapter one, don't they do an incredible job? I'm just bouncing them all over the place. <laughs> um, unfaithfulness has its consequences. And we see that in the names of the kids. Verse 4, the Lord said to Hosea, call your first son Jezreel because I will soon punish the house of Jehu. Um, The second one, 
the daughter, call her lo ruhama, meaning not love, no mercy. I will no longer show love to Israel that I should at all forgive them. Verse 8, verse 9, the Lord said, call the third son lo ami, which means not my people, for you are not my people and I am not your God. Um, unfaithfulness has its consequences. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death and, and, and death means separation from God. When we sin and when we're unfaithful, when we want to do our own thing, the consequences are we're separated from God. And we experience the consequences of that separation. Um, but the incredible thing, the third thing that we've got to see here is even though we're like Israel and and unfaithful and unfaithfulness has its consequences and some of us here this morning might be in the midst of that wandering and that unfaithfulness and maybe you're experiencing the consequences the the death, the separation that comes with being unfaithful to God but the important thing to remember is God is a tenacious lover (laughs) he's a tenacious lover um Hosea 2, 13, if we can go there. We start here, and this is where God, this is the consequences. I will punish her for the days she burnt incense to the Baals. She decked herself with rings and jewelry. She went after her lovers. She forgot about me, declares the Lord. But verse 14, therefore, I'm going to dump her like a bad date, right? Anybody awake out there (laughs) this is like one of the most incredible words I'm going to allure her this isn't just somebody putting up with or fine I'll stay married it's I'm going to allure her I will lead her into the wilderness and I'll speak tenderly to her I will give her back her vineyards and I will make the valley of acor trouble a door of hope there she will respond as in the days of her youth, as in the day she came up out of Egypt. Then verse 23 is the conclusion. Um, and I will plant her for myself in the land. And notice the wording, I will show my love to the one I called not my loved one. And I will say to those called not my people, you know, remember back to the names of his kids, you are my people and they will say you are my God as God allures us back. Isn't that incredible? You know what's incredible is um, if we can go to Second Kings chapter 14, remember that Hosea is prophesying during the reign of Jeroboam, the king of Israel. And this guy wasn't a great guy. Verse, notice verse 24, it says, he did evil in the eyes of the Lord and he did not turn away from any of the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, which he had caused Israel to sin. This guy's an evil guy. He's unfaithful to God. He's leading Israel away from God. And yet God's tenacious love, even in, even in the middle of it, verse 25, he was the one who restored the boundaries of Israel from Lebo Hamath to the Dead Sea in accordance with the word of the Lord, the God of Israel spoken through Jonah. Recognize that name? The guy that got swallowed by the big fish? The prophet from Gath Hefer. Notice, 
The Lord had seen how bitterly everyone in Israel, whether slave or free, was suffering, that there was no one to help them. And since the Lord had not said that he would blot out the name of Israel from under heaven, he saved them by the hand of evil King Jeroboam. (laughs) I mean, even in the midst of their unfaithfulness, God's tenacious, unconditional love is poured out to them. If we can go to 1 Peter chapter 2, I want, to, I want you to see it's kind of almost kind of like the end of the story as, as Israel and their unfaithfulness and God's tenacious, unconditional love for them, they still experienced the consequences. They got sent into captivity. They were put into exile. And yet we come to 1 Peter and we see this reference back to there and God's ongoing unconditional love to a people of faith will, who will yet hope in him and have faith in him. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who calls you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You know, that's really all of us. <laughs> that's all of us. Israel in their unfaithfulness, us in our unfaithfulness, and yet this incredible picture of us who were unfaithful and wandering away, like it says in Isaiah 53, all of us like sheep, we've wandered away. All of us, we've turned to our own way, but but God laid on him, Jesus, the sin of us all. God so loved the world that he gave his, his one and only son that whoever believes in him you know, won't perish but have eternal life. The incredible, unconditional love of God. Isn't that amazing? Um, in Romans chapter 8, I just, I just want us to kind of see this at the end because I don't know where you are this morning if you're struggling with like God's done with me. <laughs> uh, you don't know what I've done. God can't love me anymore or I can't be loved because of, because of what I've experienced and I must be, have been to blame and, and all those lies that the enemy can put into our heads Romans 8 is great. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We can be more than conquerors through him who loved us. It does not matter, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present or the past or the future, nor any powers, nor anything that anybody has done to us or what they say about us or what we've done, it doesn't matter, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the tenacious love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. 
You know, remembering Hosea and Gomer's story, as I've been looking at it this past week, uh, brought back to memory uh, a wonderful friendship or friend that God brought into my life many years ago. His name was Andy. Andy loved the story of Hosea and Gomer. Andy was the bodyguard for the leader of the skinheads in Kitsap County. Um, he, was, he was huge. He was 500 pounds, skinhead, combat boots, tattoos all over his body, and he was full of prejudice and hatred. He hated blacks. He hated Jews. He just hated. Um, he was so full of hurt and anger. I came home from work one day. This is when I was uh, before the coffee oasis, and I was pastoring a church, and I came home, and Andy was in my living room, um, along with Kim, who I was a police chaplain, and the, my police friends said they considered him the second most dangerous person in Kitsap County at the time. He was in a motorcycle gang. And so Andy's sitting in my living room visiting a gal that was living with us. That day uh, began years that changed our lives. Um, Andy, uh, my youngest daughter, uh, Stephanie, she would bounce us. She was, she's, what are you now, 26, something like that? Anyway, so this was probably, she was, what, two or three at the time? And she would bounce on him like a trampoline as he became a fixture in our home as Andy and I spent hundreds of hours together. Uh, this huge skinhead, full of anger and hatred, and me, a recovering Pharisee, who... who spent much of my life looking down on and judging Andes. And God brought us together. And together, we learned a little bit more about the unconditional love of Jesus. I and mean, as God wonderfully changed Andy's life, Andy was a beautiful guitar player. He loved Michael Card, who wrote the song, Song of Gomer, which is about Hosea and Gomer's love story and God's unconditional love for us. So I'd like to just end by singing the song for you. Don't know what he sees in me. He is spirit. He is free. And I the wife of adultery. Gomer is my name. Simply more than I can see how he keeps on forgiving me. How he keeps his sanity. Hosea, you're a fool. A fool to love someone like me. A fool to suffer silently. Though sometimes through your eyes I see I'd rather be a fool. The fondness of a father the passion of a child, the tenderness of a loving friend, an understanding smile.
All of this and so much more you've lavished on a faithless whore. I've never known love like this before. Hosea, you're a fool. A fool to love someone like me. A fool to suffer silently. Though sometimes through your eyes I see I'd rather be a fool. This God of yours could not have told to lift a love that you couldn't hold. Though time and time again I flee, I'm always glad to see you coming after me. Simply more than I can see how he keeps on forgiving me. The wife of adultery, Gomer is my name. Let's pray. Oh, Father, help us to be willing like um, Hosea to be just fools loving other people because we are so captured by your foolish love for us. God, open our eyes to see your love, to believe how much you love us, to revel in that love so that we can overflow that love to others all around us who desperately need to know that you love them and that you will unconditionally love them in Jesus. Amen.